podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We are back and on a brand new platform as a Spurs route on Saturday saw Everton blitz by three goals to nil at Goodison Park and in typical September fashion, Harry Kane was back amongst the goals. We discuss that storming win and preview Borussia Dortmund to come as we have the last word on Spurs. Cross turns shot. Harry Kane has got off the mark for Tottenham this season. Ericsson is there to gobble it up. And Tottenham in complete command of Goodison. In dangerously and Kane is there. And there is no way back for Everton now. Hello and welcome to our brand new show where we have the last word on Spurs. You can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and not forgetting Instagram too. Fingers crossed guys, you can also hear us on a variety of different audio platforms including Audioboom, iTunes and Soundcloud. On tonight's show, we will be discussing the 3-0 win at Goodison Park. I am delighted to say, joining us this evening, we have the one, the only, Mr Jason McGovern on the show. Jason, how are you? That's quite a big build-up, mate. We try to be. We try to (laughs) be, Jason. Delighted to be back in London. I'm delighted to have you on the show, Jason. Really, really pleased. And joining Jason tonight, a regular coming back onto the show, Mr Ian Gunn joins us. Ian, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. It's uh, it's great to be back in the land of the living. <laughs> indeed, indeed, and great to have you, Ian. And finally, last but not least, making his debut tonight on the last word on Spurs is Mr. Paul Smith from the Odyssey. Paul, how are you? Good evening. Yes, I'm fine, thank you. And who's going to have the last word tonight? Well, we shall wait to see, Paul. That remains to be seen. But guys, we have to talk about Saturday's game. Where to start? We're going to start first with you, Ian, present at the game on Saturday. Come on then, what did you make of it? I think we were extremely accomplished. Um, I don't normally like to sort of like, you know, single anyone out for for particular criticism, but I couldn't find anybody to to, to do that on Saturday. I thought all all of the players that, that, that played... You know, delivered somewhere like a, a seven or an eight out of ten across the whole, you know, across the board. I thought we we, we played uh, incredibly controlled. We, we we ramped it up when we needed to, and to be fair, we never even gave Everton much of a sniff. I think I don't recall Lloris having to make a single save in the in the entire game. So, um, you know, very very accomplished away performance. Um, and as Gary Lineker said earlier on, maybe we got to play all our games away from Wembley. But um, that's that said with my tongue in my cheek. Yeah, I bet it is, Ian. I bet it is. Coming over to you, Paul. It was a fantastic performance. I think the first goal really set us on our way to what was a really dominating win at normally, Paul, a very tough venue to do well at. Well, uh, it certainly was the, our best performance of the season, which is only four matches old. But uh, it was a it was a great win and a great performance. There's no doubt about that at all. We've actually got a very very good record against Everton. Yes, we haven't won for the last ten years, but uh, they're ever present like us in the Premier League, and we've won more points off them than any than any other Premier League side. So we've got a good average against them, over two points per game. And uh, we picked up the winning habit again at Goodison. And, uh, yeah, they. Uh, I think we were 
very, very good. I think our formation baffled them. It certainly baffled me, I'll be honest with you, up to a certain point. And um, hopefully it would have confused the uh, Dortmund observers as well. So, yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, was a fantastic, massive three points. Jace, coming across to you, Paul mentions there about the formation. I want to get your thoughts on the game, but we did line up with that new-look Ajax back three of Adavireld, Vertonghen and Davinson Sanchez. Tell us what you thought of the game and that formation. Well, I thought the um, I thought the surprise probably in the formation was wasn't so much that we'd gone with the back three, but we probably would have all thought Toby would be the middle of the three, and it was a surprise to see Sanchez in there. But maybe that that was just a little bit of the the fact that he's a new player coming in, and he could have communication coming at him from both sides, and that we wouldn't be quite as vulnerable down the sides if if Toby and Yan were in the outside positions. So uh, and Sanchez himself had a really comfortable really comfortable afternoon and um, you know as, as the game went on we just became more and more dominant didn't we Eric Dyer I think showed back to the the form of a couple of years ago and and he was linking players well in midfield we saw his better range of passing perhaps a few times a lovely little dink ball over the top to a, to an Ericsson um, which which obviously we don't quite get with Wanyama and that that's an interesting conundrum as the season goes on because it will be interesting to see which one of those two becomes the, the regular choice if we do play three at the back. But it was incredibly comfortable. Musa Sissoko, you know, he made a contribution at last to us, didn't he? And, and, he did. and certainly put in a really good shift. It was terrific to see Ben Davis continue his early season form, whipping in balls into the box. And it was just... Uh, and I think also Kieran Trippier looked a little bit back to back to a little bit more fitness than perhaps he'd been in that Burnley game. So, no, full credit to to the whole side and, and you're right I think the only save Hugo actually made was a looping header that he caught on the edge of his six yard box and that's the only shot on target that in theory they had yeah I mean there was one funny point with Hugo where he did try and put the frighteners up us by some really poor distribution but um, that would be typical, typical Spurs to try and do that to us coming back round to you Ian I have to say just very quickly before we analyse the game itself looking at that bench Ian that was a pretty strong bench for some time for Spurs wasn't it when you looked at the options on there for us well, I think if we go back to what you know Jason has, has said before, it you know you often look at the bench and you want to know where the game changers are, and there were there were plenty of game changers on that bench. You know, Lorente, you know, even even when you know Winks, you know, there, there was a a real strength in depth on 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 our on our on our squad that that, that we named. So, I think we're starting to. To see now that um, we may have a, a a squad that can compete across all of the the competitions that, that we're going to be, you know, fighting for as the season progresses. Yeah, I mean that is the plan. That's what we have that squad in place there for to hopefully fight on all fronts. Coming over to you, Paul. Let's go for it then. Harry Kane's opener, shot or cross, Paul? What's your verdict? Well, I mean, in the stadium, I mean, in my in my group. Uh, we were thinking it was an absolutely stunning goal and one of my friends did suggest that maybe it took a deflection but uh, of course he uh, very honestly said later that it was intended as a cross but the bottom line is it's goals that count and there's uh, plenty of uh, top players that have scored goals that have been fortunate but uh, fortunate or not it was a it was a cracking strike and it was a great moment yeah. and uh, yeah number 100 and um there's plenty of stats around about the uh, 
the the other uh, players in the top 17 who've hit uh, the 100 mark for Spurs and Harry is still a young man and he's got every chance of climbing quite a way up that ladder so good luck to him yeah I have to throw one of my favourite stats Paul Spurs is Harry Kane the 100 goals he's reached that 12 games quicker than Thierry Henry of Arsenal without even scoring in August have to just throw that one in I hope you don't mind Jace coming over to (laughs) Jace coming over to you Harry Kane we've utilised over this guy now for I mean God knows two three years he's not he's not a one season wonder two season three season what is he Jace tell us well I've always I've always called him haven't I the one decade wonder (laughs) so that for me and and he showed his quality didn't he because he now even scores goals when he doesn't even try to score them um, and it was actually a poor cross because there wasn't a white shirt within about six yards of it. But it, it absolutely doesn't matter, does it? it? Finished up in the in the back of the net. But uh, we saw him take a one-two off a West Ham's goalkeeper to score a penalty, and now we've seen him score when he didn't even want to. So you know, any way it goes in, it doesn't matter, mate. Yeah, any way you like, you say it goes in. We're going to discuss his second goal goal soon, but let's turn our attention to the second goal of the game, Christian Eriksen. Coming back round to you, Ian Eriksen. He seems to be in this form that we've been waiting for, Ian, that we are craving for. Regular, obviously, now run of games to really see him, hopefully, propel himself into what now hopefully will be considered as a top elite player in the Premier League. Are we starting to see that now from Ericsson? I think so. I think that um, a lot depends on the, the people we, we have around him. And I, and I think that, um, you know, I think that it was no surprise that we get the best form out of him when, you know, we've got, you know, Dyer and, you know, Dyer on the pitch, you know, I think that um, it just providing that platform to, to get forward and, and to do all of the, the pretty things that, that we want to, to see him. It's for him to, you know, to, to reach the same number of goals as, um, as a certain, other Danish import to to that lot down the road. No, no, you're very right indeed, Ian. Like I say, um, I hate to say it, Nicholas Bentner now. So Eric no, to the. Yeah, go on, mate. That's fine. Like I say, Nicholas Bentner now. He seems to have reached him. He's now the highest goal-scoring Danish player in the Premier League. I mean, that's no mean feat in itself. I mean, and no. coming, coming back round to you, Jace. Ericsson, I think he's polarised opinion over Spurs fans during the years, but are we ever going to accept just how great this guy is becoming for Tottenham? Well, I think the important thing is we're getting more consistency from him and we're also getting that that really good performance for more time in the game. You know, it's not a 20-30 minute spell. We're now getting him to, to link together a lot more minutes in the game. So he's, he's a massive part of Tottenham. There's, there's no doubt about it. When he doesn't play well, we don't play well. And I saw an interesting question posed that who's more important to us, him or him or Deli Alley? And I, I would have always said Deli Alley. But Ericsson's starting to reach that stage now where, where, without a doubt, he's a vital, vital component. And uh, we'll definitely need him, of course, on, uh, on Wednesday night to show that form as well. Yeah. But unfortunately, I say, with, like I say, with the likes of Deli Alley being out, there's going to be more impetus, isn't there, coming around to you, Paul, for the likes of Christian Ericsson to really step forward now. On the top European stage, this is where you want to see it, pausing it, in these big games to show, look, I can handle myself on this big stage. Well, he scored a couple of goals during the international break for Denmark, didn't he? So he is on, uh, he is on good form and uh, full, of, full of confidence. And um, yeah, I've got, I personally have got every confidence in him. 
he's not the greatest playmaker in the world, but he's uh, certainly an excellent playmaker. And um, he's had his chance since the early days he's been at Tottenham. And um, I personally don't notice too much uh, dissatisfaction about him. And we, you know, we can say about any player that we'd like him to do this a bit more or this a bit better, beat the first man at the corner, score more from free kicks, etc., etc. But they can't do it all the time. But uh, he's on top of his game and. Uh, yeah, he's going to be um, important on Wednesday night. He went off uh, fairly early on Saturday, so Pochettino's obviously saving some minutes from him. Uh, so I think we can look forward to seeing him and uh, Dembele, who only played a few minutes on Saturday. Um, how they'll take, uh, how they'll fill the gap that's going to be left by Deli Ali, I don't quite know, but uh, we'll wait to see with bated breath. We will. I mean, just to give you the impact of Ericsson recently, only Deli Alley, 20, has scored more or assisted more Premier League goals than Ericsson. That's 16 midfielders in all in 2017. So that just tells you the underlying importance of Ericsson to Spurs. Phenomenal player. Um, just very quickly, Jace, I want to ask you this question. On Ericsson, do you think he was superb because he just dropped that little bit deeper and he just seemed to run the game? I mean, would you agree that's probably where we've, we're now seeing the great form from him? I think he's just got a licence to go where he needs to go and pick the ball up, mate. I think it's simple as that. It's wherever he can find that little pocket of space. I think he's an intelligent enough footballer now to, to not stick to any particular area of the pitch. He, he can go and seek that space out. And once he finds that space and he starts to drag defenders with him and around, then that's what he's, he's most dangerous. And, and let's just keep, let's just hope we keep seeing that, that form from him. Yeah, fingers crossed. Another player that had a fantastic performance on Saturday, coming round to you, Ian, was Ben Davis down that left-hand flank. I mean, this guy, he's now becoming one of the most underrated left-backs in the league. Just how good is he for you, Ian? I think that he's, you know, it's no surprise that, you know, he's in the Welsh national side. Um, that, that You know, they, they've come on, you know, leaps and bounds recently. Um, and, and given his, you know, and I remember, you know, seeing him, you know when he played for Swansea, and I thought he was a a, a very decent, you know, left back there, and 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 he's now been given a run in the team, um, and uh, I think that Danny Rose should should maybe not Google how well Ben <laughs> Davis is doing because you know it might not come down as a as a very favourable response to, to to Mr Rose, but I think he's um, he looks confident, you know, he he, he gets forward. But as we said earlier, I think that that back three and 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 how good were they? Yeah, and enabled him and and Trippier to to do what we want them to do, and that is that is to to to, to bomb forward. So you know, I, I think that um, it, it's it's lovely to see. And he's got a great left foot. You know, I was um, I was in the fifth row at, at Goodison, and you know, was, and they were you know they were attacking the goal that we were closest to. And some of the positions he was taking up, and some of the crossing that, that that Davis was doing was was nothing short of phenomenal. You know, he had a couple of cutbacks and and some decent crosses over for 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 the attackers. And you know, yeah, brilliant, brilliant to see him come on so well. Yeah, no, it is fantastic to see it. And coming round to you, Paul. Listen, we know he's not blessed with pace, but I mean, it's funny when you look at the fact that Ben Davis is creating more chances than any other player in the Tottenham Hotspur team this season, 12 of them. I mean, that in itself is a telling stat, Paul, to tell you that the guy is having a massive impact when on the field for Spurs. Oh, he had an excellent game. I mean, I run a post-match survey on the Spurs Odyssey website and uh, I haven't shut it yet, but 
he's running uh, Christian Eriksen and Harry Kane close for man of the match. Eriksen's just a, a little bit ahead at the moment. But uh, no, Ben Davis, I mean, he scored in consecutive Premier League games, the last one of last season at Hull and the first one of this season at Newcastle, which is something that uh, Danny Rose, bless him, has not done, although he has scored some cracking goals. And the point I would make about uh, Davis and Rose is that as and when Danny does reach match fitness, he's going to have to fight and earn his place back in the side. And I think there will be rotation going on once they're both fit and uh, they'll both get plenty of games. But yeah, he had a great game Saturday. Maybe helped to some degree by um, Everton's right back, Martina, who didn't have the greatest uh, game. But then that probably goes for all the Everton players. Yeah, no, fair enough. And Jace, coming over to you, I'm going to have to throw this question to you, Jace. Um, tell me, do you think Danny Rose is going to find it difficult to get back into this side, Jace, when he's fully fit? Uh, do I think it's going to be not, not necessarily difficult? I think, as Paul says, you'll you'll get rotation, and uh, and it may well be. You know, we had a long period, didn't we, where even though we said that there was rotation, it was effectively Walker and Rose in the Premier League. And and Rose uh, and uh, Trippier and Davis would get the odd cup tie and, and perhaps a very odd lower level Premier League game if we were, you know, if we had three games in a week. But I think you know as we saw towards the back end of last year when it literally was one game Walker, one game Trippier, we may well see that um, we may well see that implemented. And I think Ben Davis will play a lot more games, you know, even within with when Danny Rose is fit than he's had done in the past. Yeah, no, and he be... deserves to play them. Of course, he deserves to play. I mean, the, as you said, I think the big thing is we all know the, the, the huge pace and athleticism that Danny Rose brings us, and, and the, in fairness that Carl Walker brought us. But in Trippier and Davis, their delivery into the box is probably better than the crossing levels of, of Rose and Walker was. And um, you know, there'll be times when you want that that good delivery, but then there'll also be games where you know, definitely with that wing back system, you still think that that dynamism of Rose will will be important. Yeah, no, it most certainly will be. And it'll be interesting to see, like I say, when they're both fully fit, the player that Pochettino opts with down that left-hand flank. But I think, like you chaps have said, I think a lot of it is going to come down to the opposition and rotation. It will be interesting to see it. Ian, coming back round to you, half-time saw us leading 2-0, fairly dominating performance. And I think if you just said to anyone at half-time, what's the most important thing? They would say, come out, second half, kill the game nice and early. And Ian, to be fair, 47 seconds into it, that's exactly what we did with Harry Kane's second goal of the game. Yeah, and I'll tell you what I loved about that goal was was it was a clinical finish. You know, he just opened up his body and just 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 tucked it away with his with, with the with the inside of his foot and with his right foot. And I just thought that that showed for me that what that showed how good a striker he has become because that that was the finish of 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 a top top striker. You know, somebody that is is, is at the, the pinnacle of, of of his trade. You know, that, was, that he didn't leather it. You know, but he, he knew exactly what he was doing. And um, you know, the, the Everton keeper Pickford just didn't didn't move. He, he just thought, well, there's no point going for this because this is in the back of the net. Um, fantastic goal. You know, I think that you know we we'll look back at some of his goals, but for me, from a pure instinctive striking point of view. You know, I, I I thought that was a, a superb goal. Yeah, and we mentioned it already, Paul, coming over to you. Ben Davis, another assist for him. But back to Kane for a second. I mean, 
it's quite funny that Spurs fans, we were all fairly calm about this whole August situ- situation that he hadn't scored. I think 99.99% of Spurs fans would say, listen, don't worry, there's no doubt Kane will be back amongst the goals. And Paul, I mean, that second goal, that is a confident finish, isn't it, from a striker? It really is confident. Yeah, I was just thinking as Ian was speaking that um, the goal actually bears some similarity to the one he scored, uh, which was the last Spurs goal scored at the old White Hart Lane against Man United. And that was uh, an excellent finish. And yeah, he's um, he has scored some cracking goals in that way inside the box. And um, his, his record speaks for itself, basically. Yes, he's not scored in August, but yes, he scored a lot of goals in the, in the other months. So long may that continue. Long may it do continue. Jace, coming over to you then. Harry Kane, I think, like I say, the previous shows we've done, you was always confident that there was going to be no doubt Kane would be back amongst the goals. Jace, just how good can he become? You've mentioned 10, you know, you mentioned a decade wonder. I know you're going to stick by that. Is that where you firmly believe that could be the case? And even longer than that? Well, I'm convinced that he'll continue to score 20 goals a season for us as long as he's there. Um, or, or it's almost 30 goals a season, in fairness, that he's scoring, isn't it? Um, I think, you know, we, we once had a question, I think, on the on the previous pod we did, will he, will he get to Jimmy Greaves' record? I'm not so sure he'll go that far, purely because you've got to stay incredibly fit for, what, another another 10 years on top type of thing. But he's he's so important to the club. He really is a talisman. I think one of the big things I've noticed with him this year is he just seems to have added, he's still not a pacey striker, but he definitely looks to me half a yard quicker this year than he has done in previous seasons. And I think if he if he shows that bit more pace, then then they'll, they'll, he'll get another five or six goals on top of his usual haul because of that. But um, no, he's a, he's a fantastic player for the club. He's a real leader on and off the pitch. And, you know, there's no doubt about it. You'd be trying to build the side around him for years to come. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just looking here at some of the other stats. I mean, most league goals in Europe's top five leagues in the calendar year of 2017. He's along the likes of Lionel Messi on 30, Edison Cavani 24, and there's Kane 23. I mean, you've got to say now, he's in that world-class elite bracket. There's no doubt about it. Um, again, and you can see... I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't go that far yet. Even no, Cavani, I, though, Jace? Would you not say Cavani? No, even? Well, I, or... I don't think Cavani... I wouldn't put Cavani in that world-class bracket. I think... You know, over the course of the next few weeks, when we've got that Champions League game, mm. you know, you, you think if he can score three in those six games or something, or particularly something against the Madrid game, particularly if it's a really big goal that wins wins a game against Dortmund or gets us something against Madrid or whatever, you know, he still needs to, to do that. And I think to be world-class, he'll still need a, a massive summer tournament at some stage for England. But but don't don't get me wrong, that's, that's not picking on the bloke or, or trying to be negative towards him. I just think, you know, everyone has a different view of what world class is, don't mm. they? And um, and for me, I think you've got to do it on every single stage that you can. And at the moment, you know, he, he needs, you know, he needs Tottenham to perform better as well on the European stage to enable him to do it, yeah. in fairness. But um, I, I wouldn't go world class yet, but he's, he is very top class, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I say it will be interesting to see because at the moment there is that question mark over him because of the lack of trophies, because he hasn't yet done it in the Champions League or at a World Cup or at a Euros. That question, I presume, like you said, Jace, it will still ponder until when he does that, then he can be considered in that bracket. So I think that that's fair enough. Just to end on a Harry Kane quote, then he says, it's a fantastic feeling and an achievement to reach 100, 100 goals. It's about getting another 100 now as soon as I can. And that's the kind of player you want to have, that 
belief, that self-willingness to always want more goals. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, another player, can I bear any Ian? There's so many great performances this week. We have to try and cover them all off. Davinson Sanchez, early days, Ian. But what did you make of his performance alongside Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld? Just remind me again, uh, uh, how many games had he played for us? It was. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm, I know, I know. I, I know the answer to that. It was just a... <laughs> It was just one of those things where, you know, in the ground you thought, well, let's have a look, see how, see how. How he goes. Oh, and I just thought it, it'd like he'd, he'd played, you know, maybe a season or two with with, you know, Jan and 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 um, Toby. It was just effortless, and I and, and I don't know if you picked up on it, but and I, cause I don't think they showed it on match of the day. There was a there was a there was a bit in the second half where you know Hugo had, had played out one of his sort of let, let's put the defence under a little bit of pressure type balls yeah. and, and he just managed to sort of like dummy two Everton players and, 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 and stride out into space and I just thought we, we've got a really good footballer there, a, a really really aggressive and, and assertive in, in the right areas you know, plays the ball very, very, very economically, um, and and I just thought, you know, wow, you know, if, if you know, I know he's going to come up against stronger opposition, um, but I I often think that you often make the, the the opposition weak by the the way that you play. So very, very impressed. You know, and long, you know, let, let, let's hope with it, that he is someone that that can. That can take that sort of performance and against, you know, some of our, you know, rivals for for for, for you know, the, the the top spots. Yeah, indeed, and he does look like I say, frighteningly good. And I've been told you've got to keep calm. It is only very very early days. But coming over to you, Paul. I mean, you was at the game similar to Ian. Tell us what you saw. Did you see similar to that? Would you disagree? Agree with with those thoughts? He's uh, a big unit. He's strong and powerful. I mean, before we before he arrived, we knew about his pace from the YouTube clip. So he, uh, the very early impressions are that he seems to be the complete player at the, at the back. He's obviously going to have a, a bigger test on Wednesday night, assuming that he starts. And personally, I would assume that he does start because uh, he and the other defenders are going to be up against um, Albama Yang, if that's the right pronunciation, who um, until... Saturday had scored in eight consecutive games for Borussia Dortmund. So, you know, he's uh, he is a, a, an out-and-out top-class striker um, without any doubt because he's got a fantastic uh, goal-scoring record. So there are bigger tests to come, as um, as Ian has said. And But, you know, he, he looked ever so comfortable on the ball. He used his strength and um, it was certainly a great start to uh, what I hope will be a long Spurs career. Yeah, amen. And coming over to you, Jace. Come on then. What was your verdict on Davinson Sanchez? I, th- I think the two boys that were up there have, have said it all, really. There's, there's not a lot more to add. He just looks incredibly composed. Um, once or twice, as I say, I was a little bit surprised to see him play in the middle, but on reflection, could probably understand why that was. I thought he... Did he get dragged out a couple of times on towards the, the left-hand side of the touchline. I thought he maybe, maybe not, but, but that's a bit picky. I think there's just bigger tests for him to come and, and let's just enjoy the, the, the first performance. And, you know, he, he played his role in the win and, and that's all you can ask of the bloke in his first game. 
Yeah. I mean, sticking with you for a second, Jace, you mentioned it earlier about Eric Dyer. I think it was yourself. Um, do you think we're going to now see the best of Eric Dyer? I mean, there was that suggestion that possibly Dyer had said during the summer that, look, I want to play midfield. And listen, don't get me wrong, I think Sanchez would have been bought in regardless of a Dyer would have said that or not. But do you, th- do you think now this will allow Dyer to have that midfield role now a bit more to himself, where beforehand he was kind of switching in between, you know, centre back? defensive mid he can now concentrate on one position and we're now going to see the best out of him because that was a really good performance from Dyer. and I think the lads mentioned it it allowed Ericsson as well to really be freed up to play his best game as well yeah you know we all know I think he probably is his better position is in the centre of midfield and I think his his performances in the back four actually cost him a little bit last year even in terms of the England games where he started to look a little bit sluggish in that in midfield where he wasn't used to playing there and I think his his England form actually suffered with 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 him playing in the back for Tottenham as well, but it was a little bit more like the Eric Dyer of two seasons ago. But you know, it did, totally dependent on injuries and things like that, isn't there? It wouldn't surprise me if we see him employed in the in a back three at some stage this season because you will get injuries, you will get suspensions and things like that. So, but he's definitely better in that midfield role. And as I said, it was 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 much more like the, the Eric Dyer of two years ago. Yeah, indeed. And coming back around to you, Ian, a great, I mean, I had to put this out there, a great tweet from an Everton fan who said, if there's a better current attacking show in the Premier League than Harry Kane, Deli Alley and Christian Eriksen, then I've simply not seen them. And that's coming from an Everton fan. I mean, you've got to say, they were quite, some of them out there, they're quite fair, aren't they? I mean, it was a fantastic performance overall. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you know, talk, talking of, of, of Everton fans, I've always found them to be incredibly intelligent. You know, can can acknowledge when they see some some decent players uh, up against them. Um, never had any problems at, at Goodison Park, and and I think that those that those three that you mentioned have been great. I would just like to add, you know, while we're we're on the subject of Saturday, you know, little 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 shout out for, for our man. Uh, Mr. Sissoko, um, I, I I thought that that whilst his first touch sometimes does let him down, I thought he had a great game as well. And until what was it, Cramp forced him off. Um, so you know, and and Kieran Trippier, you know, it was and it was good that the Spurs faithful gave him a bit of a you know a, a, a developed a bit of a song for them both. So uh, you know, I think it it, it augurs well for the future. Yeah, and Ian, when you say there about other players making a contribution, we're going to need the squad, I think, as you said at the very beginning of the show. So it is important that the fans do relate to everybody in the squad rather than nitpicking favourites. Of course, there'll be the couple that you do have more of a bond with than others. But like you say, it's so important to kind of keep the whole squad into perspective. Jay's coming over to you. Firstly, Delhi Ali. That was his 100th appearance for Spurs. Hasn't that gone frighteningly quick? Got frighteningly quick, and let's hope there's another hundred to come. Yeah, in in, in just as quick as time as well. Um, disappointed he didn't score. Really, he had a, a great chance to score, didn't he? And and just get a few people off his back after his England misdemeanour, if you can even call it that, in the week. But uh, let's let's hope for his sake that there's that FIFA look at that and think, you know, is that really the worst thing you can do in football? Uh, and let's hope there's no hangover to a World Cup because it would be awful to see him miss World Cup games as well as Champions League games. But um, it would be a harsh lesson for him to learn. But no, he's, he's been a fantastic player for us, was involved in that second goal, wasn't he? And he's just his intelligence and movement and things. He's, when you, As soon as you see Kane 
pull out that central zone over to the left. He goes straight into the middle. I think, you know, everyone knows their role in the team and, and the intelligence the players show with the movement in that team. It's uh, it's incredibly important. Yeah. I think just the other thing I'd say on the Everton game, um, we had all summer all the, the knee jerks and the criticisms of our transfer window and why aren't we showing ambition like Everton? Why aren't we doing our business early like Everton? Well, perhaps you saw why we don't do our business like Everton on Saturday. <laughs> There you go, Jason McGovern. As always, the diplomat throwing that in there. That's one for a. That's one to get a reaction from. Definitely agree with that, though. Um, Going to come back round. Let's go to you, Paul. Um, let's have a word in on Sissoko because Leon Osman. Uh, commentator on the game I think for five live said he has made a massive difference for Tottenham this afternoon the runs he's made have caused a real problem for Everton Paul is there a potential rebirth for Sissoko in this Tottenham team honestly what do you think well I'm one of those that has always felt there's a footballer in there I mean he is a regular French international so uh, I suppose it's a bit of a stupid statement by me really but um, Spurs fans uh, as is their want uh, historically usually want a scapegoat and last season and early this season Sissoko was that man uh, on Saturday he did have an excellent game he did have his name chanted and he was applauded um, very warmly when he had to go off uh, injured so it was a, a great day for him now part of the reason for that was the formation and the fact that he was playing uh, through the middle or um, perhaps a little more flexible than that and uh, he was able to have that bit more of an impact. He's still got to gain confidence within the team, and obviously we want to see him put the ball in the net as well. But, um, yeah, he, he had a, a really good day, and um, the fact that he declared in the window that he was staying and he was deter seemingly determined to make a success of things at Tottenham is all credit to him. Yeah, and fair enough, because like I say, it's been difficult for him. He has got, you know, some stick. I don't think we can get away from that. And it is hard with that price tag on his head coming around to you, Ian, very quickly on this, to always expect performances every game. Uh, Ian, are you willing to give the guy, you know, the time to try and turn his career around at Spurs? Why not? Because ultimately, he's a member of our squad and we're going to need all of our players. And, and as, as, as a fan base, we're going to have to get behind them all until... Until we have the next window, then, you know, the, the players that we've got are the players that we've got. And, and if he continues to, to put in hard-working performances like he did on Saturday, then, then, then he'll have my support, you know, because there, there was a time when he was, I think, wrongly ruled out for, for offside in the first half and he had a good little flick that, that the keeper saved and, and he could have done a bit better with Edder in the second half. But... Outside of that, you know that you know as, as Jason has said before, you know you don't have fifty odd caps for, for for France and be someone that that isn't a decent player. Do you see what I mean? Of course, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, let's just very quickly. I want to come to you. Let's just uh, stick with you for a second. On to Soka. I want a question here. Um, this is from John Coglin. We are going to get into questions shortly, but he asks: Soka looks like he could really add to the squad. Bad first year like Lamella and Son. Do you think he become he could become vitally important, or do you think maybe in he's more of a fringe player? What, what's your thoughts on that? I, I think that you know Potocino seems to be someone that 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 will give you a chance if you deliver. Um, and I think that, you know, as, as we've said, he's, he's, he's a French international. And, and I think that, you know, he, he has the opportunity to, 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 to nail down a spot um, if he starts delivering decent performances week on, week out. And as I said, 
you know, rotation is going to be the key. So he's going to get the opportunity and he'll get even more of an opportunity the longer that we can re- remain in, in some of the competitions. Yeah. So, so yeah, why not? Why not, exactly. And before we go to a quick break, it has to be said, Tottenham, it was our, that was four successive wins away in the Premier League for the first time since January 2014. So it just shows you, I mean, away from home under Poch, we are magnificent. What we're going to do, guys, we are going to go for a very quick break. And afterwards, we're going to take a host of questions for tonight's panel. Welcome to Watch, a weekly update on our players out on loan. Starting with some news for you this week, Vincent Janssen has joined Turkish side Fenerbahce on loan for the remainder of the season. Unfortunately, I think this move may well spell the end uh, to Vincent's time at Tottenham. Vincent did make his debut for Fenerbahce this weekend, coming on as a 64th minute substitute as Fenerbahce lost 3-2 at home to Istanbul Büyük. Better results in America, where Anton Wakes played the full game as Atlanta United beat FC Dallas 3-0 in what was their first game in their new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. In the Championship in England, Josh Onoma played 71 minutes of Aston Villa's goalless draw with Brentford, while Cameron Carter-Vickers was an unused substitute for Sheffield United, who won 2-1 at Sunderland. In League One, Connor Ogilvie again played the full game for Gillingham, but unfortunately they lost 3-0 to Oxford United. Just before I leave you this week, toying with the idea of uh, running another segment along with the Lone Watch, either a weekly update on a particular youth player, or uh, an update on how the Spurs ladies are getting on. A uh, bit undecided which way to go, so looking for some feedback really guys. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show direct, or myself, coach underscore Chris 83, to let us know which one you'd rather hear. Um, I'd be delighted to hear from you. Uh, speak to you again next week, and come on you Spurs. Hello guys, welcome back to the last word on Spurs, our debut show. Guys, we ask you to get your questions into us every single week. You can do that by tweeting our Twitter account of at last word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram should you like to throw us any of your questions either after the game or even before it during the week if you like. Let's go straight into them then. Let's come across first to you tonight, Paul. We've got a question here from Steve Oxy. Oxenden at Oxy Arizona Spurs. Thanks for that. What a tricky one that was. Let's go for it. He says, despite Wembley, can you see any other team than City or Chelsea finishing above us? This could be our year as our team is so good. A bit of a question and a statement there, Paul. <laughs> what do you think? Well, last thing, it's very, very early in the mm, season. Yep. My, my, I've got to be honest and say that my gut feeling at the moment is that both the Manchester teams and Chelsea are likely to finish above us. And uh, I think uh, we'll be battling for fourth place. Um, but, you know, a performance on Saturday makes you think that, well, maybe things can just keep getting better and better. And um, why can't we do as well as we have in the last two seasons and maybe go a step further? Certainly, the players after Saturday we feel that they can carry on and um, there's every chance that we could do something like we did last season. Okay, and very quickly Paul, you're going to rule out the question then when we've got Alex at CHFC Alex asking will we win the Premier League? So in your opinion, 
Maybe not at the moment. My gut, my gut feeling is is no. Okay. Um, but uh, there's a slogan somewhere, but it could happen. <laughs> I like the way you leave us on a cliffhanger there, Paul. Who knows? Uh, let's come round to you, Jace, next. Got a question here from Lee at Bringing Up a Yid, who says, any chance that Goodison Park being so much like the lane with the close crowd and the camber on the pitch made us feel more at home? Very good question, Jace. What do you make of that one? I don't know so much if it made us feel close at home. I think it's just just a place where we always seem to be able to to get a result. I think, as I mean, as Paul said it earlier, twenty five years in the Premier League, we've only lost there five times, we've won there nine. So it suggests, you know, maybe there's just that psychological advantage that when you you do go there and you have pulled off some excellent results. I think Pochettino's four years at Spurs, it's now what two wins and two draws in the four years there. Um, you know, it's just a happy hunting ground for us. It doesn't seem to matter what our form is going there, what form Everton are in. We just seem to be able to get a result. And and the polar opposite, of course, to to Stamford Bridge, where I, I think it's just psychologically, as soon as something happens at Stamford Bridge, you think, oh, here we go again, type of thing. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's just the fact that it's similar similar stadium to to White Hart Lane, but I, I must admit it is one of my favourites, Goodison Park. It's it's a great little ground to go. It's it's always a good atmosphere there. And um, I think it is the old-fashioned type football ground. And it will be a shame when, when that one goes the same way as White Hart Lane and we get another another new bowl up there. Yeah, like I say, I think we could really reminisce with that Everton ground. Just It seems so much similar. I mean, I wasn't there on Saturday, but I mean, like speaking to you, obviously, Ian and you, Paul, it does seem reminiscent in terms of the very close atmosphere, so close to the pitch. Can I just yeah. come in about Goodison Park? Of course you can. Please do. In, in, in my experience, the Everton crowd are one of the most partisan crowds mm. that we encounter in an away match. Now, the job of any team playing away is to keep the home crowd quiet. And the bottom line is that before very long had passed in the game on Saturday, the home crowd was starting to feel despondent and they were quiet. And about the most noise I heard from them at any point was booing when... Uh, Hugo Loris rescued a ball that just in front of the goal line and they wanted a corner and um, that, that, that was the situation so the fact the crowd was closer to the players I don't think that had any, had any reason uh, any um, input upon our performance but uh, our players did their job very well Yep, they did indeed. Coming over to you, Ian, we've had a few questions on Ben Davis. I hope you don't mind us asking you a couple of these. Um, we've got at Zero Filter Guy who says, what does Davis have to do to keep his spot in the starting eleven? I'm going to go further than that and just add um, to you, Ian, when Danny Rose is fit to that question, what do you think? I think if he's if he's performing the way he is and he's, and he's contributing to the delivery of, of quality crosses... Um, and he's getting up and supporting the the front players, then Pochettino's got a, a, a bit of a, a, a selection headache, you know, because you know I, I, I'm I look back at all the successful teams and they try to to, to they, they they often earn that success by keeping a settled squad, and I think that if 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 Ben Davis is is, is part of a of a a winning team, in you know whether whether it's in the Premier League or in the cup competitions, then I think he should retain his place. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I have to agree with you. Uh, Come around to you, Jace. Another Ben Davis question. I hope you don't mind. Um, this is from Harry Clown around us who says, should we start paying Ben Davis what he's worth? 
What do you make of that one? <laughs> yeah, it's that's a good one. And uh, Danny Rose has certainly got me sitting there Googling how he wins his place back, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> I think he only signed a contract. When did he sign a contract, Bendo? Has he signed a new one about March time? Yeah, I think so. That's right. um, so I, I presume we won't get the, the famous Pochettino arm around the shoulder <laughs> picture in, in over the course of the next six months. But, um, but certainly, you know, if he keeps playing as he is, that's what he's got to do. He's got to keep keep going exactly as he is. Improve even more. Get get a little bit more dynamism to his game. Really know when to positionally when he when he should be making a burst forward. When to hold back. I think you know his delivery into the box. He's now starting to be involved in corners and free kicks and things, isn't he? From the left hand side, which just shows you that how good his delivery or how much the, the club realises improving on those things. So just keep improving, and and that's all he can do. But yeah. it, it would be nice. It, it would be kind of ironic, wouldn't it, if he signs a another extended contract before Danny Rose does? Mm, that would be quite funny. It would be. We have to wait and see. Uh, we're to come back round to you, Ian. We've got a question here from Ben Barnett, and again, don't want to put you on the spot. No, it's very early days, but he says, "Is Davinson Sanchez the new Ledley King? Should we maybe rephrase it and say, could he be, Ian? Just to be a bit more diplomatic on it. I mean, even that is a massive statement because of Ledley's uh, stature at the club." Uh, he, if he carries on the way that he does, and he and he steers clear of of, of injuries, and he and he stays with the club, you know, sort of like for ten years, then <laughs> yes, he could be. You know, my my son, who's quite, who's quite sort of like succinct and to the point, he just said, Dad, he said, you do realise, he said that um, that Al Sanchez is tailor made to replace Ramos or PK, and I just said, "Cheers, Jay. You know, you've, you've really, <laughs> you've really filled me with a load of oh, load no. of confidence now." For, We've sold him before for, he's even started, Ian. I know, I know, and, I, and, <laughs> and he did say it with his tongue in his cheek. But you know, I, I, I just look and, I, and you know, I just think that um, you know, I think he has the potential to be the new Ledley King okay. should he stay and show the same loyalty. As, as Ledley King did to the club. Yeah, there you go. Massive statement to make. It, we've only seen the guy for like a game and a little bit, but he, he did have a phenomenal debut. And going to come back round. Let's go round to you, Paul. We've got a question here from, let's go to Dan at Dan Smith 1984 who says, now Kane has passed the 100 goal mark. Looking back, what is your favourite goal of his that you're enjoying watching over and over again? Great question. It's a great question. It's also a difficult one. So many, one. so many, isn't it? Isn't it, Justin? I think um, off the top of my head, I'd have to say the curler against Arsenal at White Hart Lane. That was a fantastic goal. And obviously to score against them is always brilliant. But when it's a, a classy goal like that, I think I think that has to be the one that sticks in the mind. Yeah, probably my favourite minute of madness at the lane. Honestly, I don't know where I was in that minute. I must have dropped five, six rows, but what a moment that was. Uh, very quickly, let's go round. Jace to you, favourite Harry Kanga. I think we've asked you this last season, but has anything changed for you on that? No, I think it would be one of those two two in the in the derbies. Maybe the header because it was a winning goal rather than the other one. But I think, as Paul says, probably if I had to pick one, it would be the, the same. It would be that, that curler in the 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, and Ian, finally to you, favourite Harry Kane goal? Uh, the, the, the same. I was when, I, when I used to sit at, at White Hart Lane, I was at that end... Uh, and, and 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 right behind it, and you sort of like see that that trajectory and it curling in, and you think you think is it is it oh yes it is, and then the the, the whole place as, as as you said you went down about five or six rows, um, and the, the the whole place just just erupted, mm. and and he came to celebrating our corner, so 
you know, for for me, you know, and I, and I know I'm going to sound really boring, and but the, I have to say that that was probably, you know, my my, my best Harry Kane goal. No, I think I think we'd all agree with that. I think it was an amazing goal, an amazing time. I think all of us for that minute or so was believing we're going to win the league, we're going to do it. But honestly, fingers crossed that. Um, I think. <laughs> go on, Jess. If you make one non-Arsenal, I'd say that one at Southampton away. Oh yeah. I like where, where he beats, where he when, he run, when he when he makes a mug yeah. of Virgil Van Dijk and, and goes through, so yeah. that's that's another cracking goal as yeah. well. So many, there's just so many out there. Honestly, fantastic, really, really is. Jay, sticking with you then. Um, question here from Ross at Rock McLachlan ninety six, who says, "How much is Christian Eriksen worth now in today's market?" <laughs> um, <laughs> God, in, in, in today's transfer market, it's probably. I know what he's probably a seventy million pound player, but by the time the January window comes round, that, that seventy million will be ninety million. Well, just figure, Jason. I mean, by the time next, next at, summer comes yeah. round, it's one hundred and fifty million, isn't it? I yeah. mean, you just don't know, do you? Yeah. All, all, all you can say is we're, we're lucky to have him, and let's appreciate him while he's there. I'm sure there'll, there'll come the stage where one or two of the the other the, the other sharks will come circling and try and take him away and, and let's let's hope that we can do everything we can to keep him there because he's a terrific player for us. Yeah, I think it's only right to end on a jovial note. We're going to come back round to both Paul and Ian. We'll start with you, Ian, first on this one, who says, um, who do you think wins between Aaron Lennon and Vincent Janssen for looking the most miserable during their medical? <laughs> Fantastic question. Oh, um, God, I... Uh... Poor old, <laughs> poor old Vincent Janssen looked like he'd been arrested for for, for drink driving somewhere. Oh dear! He? You know, bless him. He he looks so unhappy. You know, but you know, but then Aaron Lennon. Oh, no, it's got to be Vincent Janssen. If you want me to name one, yeah, name us um, one. Yeah, Vincent Janssen, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, you know, all, all, all he needed was the sort of like the height, <laughs> the height markers behind his head, and and. And, and, a, and a left and right profile, and he'd been he'd been well away, wouldn't he? Bless Awful. him. I mean, the poor bloke looked like he was being taken hostage. You know, it was just it was an absolutely frightening image. Um, ah, talk, talking of which, did you on. see one? Of, there, there was that tweet when it said it looked like the um, you know, what was that midnight cowboy? It's sort of like <laughs> that, that, where where where, he, where he's being met at the airport, and I thought, oh god, you poor bugger. It was, like I say, it was at the time when that broke. It was just like the poor bloke looks absolutely terrified. Paul, coming over to you then. Bit of a jovial one to end on. Um, what was the most depressing, miserable medical? Lennon or Janssen? This is Lennon at Everton, is it? It was, yeah. The Lennon picture that went around. I think they then retook it. Oh, yeah. Aaron Aaron, Aaron was never really a smiler. And um, <laughs> it's it's a difficult one to answer. I suppose Janssen was probably more worried about not being able to speak Turkish. <laughs> So, I mean, I noticed that he came on off the bench the other day and uh, hasn't scored for them. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I actually got a lot of time for for Vincent and uh, I feel a bit sorry that um, he's been shipped out, really. But uh, there we go. That's, that's the way it goes. He's certainly had plenty of chances to um, assert himself. And um, I just hope he can develop and maybe still have a Spurs career. Well, that's what I was about to ask you, Paul. The follow-up to that question from Andrew Yuli at Yuli Lad, who says, um, will Janssen ever wear a Spurs shirt again? What do you think, Paul, very quickly on that? Well, I mean, Laurenti's not... You, you can't, can't call him a long-term player. I mean, he's obviously got great experience and expertise. And I think particularly with Delhi's uh, absence for three games, get, uh, some input in the um, Champions League games. But... Uh, I can't see him being with us for more than two years at the outside. But in that time, 
uh, if a week is long time in politics, two years is a is a marathon in the game of football. So I wouldn't count on Vincent playing in a Spurs shirt again. Yeah, interested to see, like I say, long term after he does come back. If he does, if he does have a future. Right, let's talk Dortmund. First, let's go to you then, Jace. Um, so we're now going to head into that Dortmund game with pretty much a fully fit Moussa Dembele, Huminson, along with Aurea and Laurenti fresh, Jace. What do you think we're going to see in terms of the lineup, tweak-wise? I think we'll we'll probably see Aurea come in. I think for Trippier, I think Moussa. Moussa for Moussa. <laughs> and um, and Son for Ali is probably the three changes we're, we're likely to see. I'd, I'd be surprised if... If it becomes if uh, Lorente came in and plays with Kane in that game, I, that would surprise me. But you know, Dortmund have got a, a number of injuries to their to their bigger players, but that that doesn't necessarily make them a, an easier target. And we shouldn't get complacent about that because they're a they're a serious. They're still a. I look at them and think, yeah, they're a Champions League quarter final side, uh, certainly at that type of level. Um, and they'll be full of game craft. That that old word I like to use, and, and we'll have to we'll have to match that. We'll have to do the if we can get ourselves in front. We need to we need to I think approach Europe a little bit differently to Premier League games. We'll need to be a little bit cynical, kill time from the game, make sure the trainer comes on when a player goes down injured. All those types of things that the all the European big sides will do to us to to stop us getting a tempo. We need to match that and and learn a little bit more cuteness in Europe this year. If we do that. We've got a great chance on Wednesday. Yeah, really good chance. And a, and a great chance, coming over to you, Ian, to try and really now... I, I know, listen, Wembley, we've had our problems there recently, but this is a great game, isn't it, Ian, to use it as a platform now to really try and kick on. And, I mean, we look at recently, Dortmund, we've had some early news about players being out, the likes of Roos, uh, Schmelzer, Bartra, Guerrero, Schürrler, Derm and Rode. I mean, these are clear, you know, very, very first-team, high-profile players for Dortmund that are missing. But... People keep saying to me, you know, that might not work in our advantage. We seem to be beating teams better, Ian, when they've got their first-choice team out. Do you go along with that? Um, yeah, well, it, it never seems to work when, you know, Chelsea have loads of <laughs> loads of injuries, does it? You know, no. and you know, but and the, the, the one player that, that I'm disappointed not to be seeing because I think he's a cracking player, but on the other hand delighted that he's injured is, is is Marco Royce because you know he, he absolutely destroyed us I know we had our our, our second string out uh, over at uh, Sigma Laguna Park for the for the um, Europa League um, tie a couple of years ago but he absolutely destroyed us did Marco Royce and he's a class class player um, but I think that um, as, as Jason said we've got to be We've got to learn from last year. We're now in a in, in a what we would all like to call a proper um, you, you, Champions League group, um, and, and we've now got to behave and 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 perform on that stage as as the team that finished second in the Premier League. So I think it'll be tough, but you know the the, the, the opposition is is the opposition, and, and whoever turns up. You know, Dortmund and no mugs, and as Paul, you know, I think Paul said earlier on, with uh, with with Mr. Abamyang, you know, he is a someone that that you you will have to keep a good eye on. Yeah, you will indeed. And coming round to you, Paul, very quickly, I have to ask you this one. Um, we saw last year some, I wouldn't say bizarre, but st- 
choices that you wouldn't normally see from Pochettino going into what we considered to be the most important competition for us. It was the Champions League. We were we were returning into Europe's top table where we expected to have our best eleven selected on the pitch. We know we've got a few injuries at the moment, Paul, but do you think Pochettino may have learned and we are gonna see, you know, our best available eleven fielded in this competition? Well, uh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, the thing I would say is, and uh, you know, I've been working on my um, Spurs Odyssey preview for Wednesday's game and looking back at those Europa League games. And in the game in Germany, we included Kevin Wimmer, Ryan Mason, Tom Carroll, Josh Onamar and Nasa Chadley, none of whom are even, you know, in the squad anymore. Um and uh, we didn't play a particularly strong team in the uh, the home leg either. So, and and Dortmund have lost some important players through injury and uh, transfer, but they are, you know, they're in excellent form. They're doing well in the Bundesliga early stages. They haven't lost yet. Drew nil nil at the weekend, um, and they're going to be a threat. And um, but I think we will play a stronger team than. Um, the previous time round against them and uh, the way we played on Saturday uh, I think we will be a, a big threat and of course the, these games against uh, Dortmund are the key games for us in the group and we need to um, uh, get at least three points out We, I think we need to win this game and uh, maybe look for goal difference to the keepers above them and uh, finish second in the group yeah, you took the words out of my mouth there, Paul, because I was going to ask Jason, come up now to you, Jace. In terms of on paper, this has to be one of the games, James, Jace, that surely we have to be looking to win this one, don't we? Oh, with, without a doubt. I think if, we, if we're to harbour thoughts of going through, uh, I think we all know Real Madrid is incredibly difficult. and I'm sure we'll talk more about that later, but you, you probably think Real Madrid will, will comfortably win the group. And I think this one's really important because to go through that group, it may well be that Dortmund will actually pick something up on match day six against Real Madrid when we've got Apoel. Because, you know, if that group's almost done and dusted, you may well see Real Madrid leave a few players out for that game, which means our games against Dortmund, we've certainly got to win that home game and we may well have to get something in Dortmund as well. So you've got to target a minimum of four points from these games with Dortmund. Yeah, going to be very, very tough. Jace, as you're here, then let's get your prediction on this one. Um, I, do you know what? I'm still a bit worried about the game. I'm still worried about our game craft. I'm Wembley one 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 stroke two one to Tottenham. Okay, you think we can edge it, Jace? Genuinely, you think? I think, we can we, it? I think if if we show the intelligence mm. that we have shown once or twice before, we can definitely win the game. But we we will need to show all that know-how and it's we'll certainly have to play better in in Europe this year and and, and on Wednesday night than we have done in the past if if we play a, a normal European night then we won't get anything from the game so we've got to make a much improved performance and we've got to we've got to show like we did at Everton on Saturday yeah coming over to you then Paul let's go back around to you for your prediction are you brave enough to give us one? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm with Ian, really. I mean, I, I do feel edgy about the game. I think Albama Yang is bound to score, so uh, I'm going to have to go for a two-one to us. Two-one, okay. But you're still favouring us to win, though, Paul. You reckon we can still do it? We certainly can do it. Play like we did on Saturday, and I think we will. Okay, there you go. Confidence, I love it. Ian, final last word with you on this one. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of like go with. Uh, the other two on the pod and, and I say that we could we should edge this one two one. 
2-1. Okay, I will join you 2-1. Although, I tell you what, it's going to be, like you boys have said, a very tough game. But there's no reason, we've said it before on this podcast, if the Tottenham talent that we know, we have got the ability to blow anyone away. Especially with the likes of Harry Kane up front. The last word on Spurs tonight is going to go to Mr Jason McGovern because he has got a little competition that we're doing. Um, guys, you would have seen on our Twitter account, we are running a retweet and follow to win a free Serge Aurea home shirt. That will be going to one lucky person who can get this question right there. Jason's about to read out. And Jason will also mention where to email your answer to. Jace, take it away. Yeah, well, obviously Wednesday night we, we come up against German side Dortmund. But what I want to know is who was our first ever European opponents from Germany in European competition and if we can have emails to last word on Spurs all as one word last word on Spurs at outlook.com okay and Jason just want to repeat that question one more time just so it's uh, nice and out there yep indeed who was the first ever German European opponents that we met in European competition there you go, guys. So that is the competition. We will be selecting a name at random. So that lucky person will get an email back from us to confirm that you are the winner. Uh, we will then confirm with them their shirt size so we make sure we are going to be sending them a shirt they can wear um, for, like I say, hopefully future games you can wear the Donning home shirt of Serge Aurea. Fingers crossed we're going to see his debut on Wednesday night. Can't wait for it. Ian, thank you so much for coming on tonight and making your last word on Spurs debut. It has been an absolute pleasure and thank you for inviting me, Rick. Don't be silly, you'll be back very soon, no doubt about it. Paul, thank you also for making your debut tonight. Thank you, yes, uh, like Ian, I've very much enjoyed myself and um, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, especially talking about a win, can't really go wrong on a win. Jace, thank you as always, we're going to be back on Thursday night, Jace, aren't we? We will be and if we can just thank everyone who sent in such fantastic messages over the the past couple of weeks, I think the level of support we've had since since breaking away and starting up again has has been uh, overwhelming, and it's, it's been it's been really nice to have. So thanks to all those loyal listeners, and um, hopefully we'll see you all in the torch on uh, on Wednesday before the before that Dortmund game. Yeah, please come down and join us, guys. And I have to echo Jason's thoughts. Honestly, we are massively overwhelmed by the support. Honestly, cannot thank you enough. Without you guys, honestly, this wouldn't have been possible. Really hope you enjoy the shows. We're going to be back Thursday night where hopefully we're talking about Tottenham Hotspur's first win in the Champions League group stage this year. And as always, ending on a high, come on you Spurs! Podcast Network.